Welcome to this week's presentation on coagulation studies and metabolic conditions. I originally had included drug levels on this presentation. However, I feel it is best suited to discuss drug levels during your pediatric didactic courses, either in primary care or acute care. That way you can actually correlate the drug levels with the conditions that you are studying. So let's take a look at our objectives for this week. In this week's course, we will review diagnostics that assess coagulation and anticoagulation. And we will take a, a nice overview of the newborn screening process, which looks at metabolic conditions, critical congenital heart disease, and abnormal hearing. I want you to be able to discuss and identify what studies to perform if you are concerned about a patient's coagulation status, what tests to run if a child is on anticoagulation therapy, and how to reverse anticoagulation if it is a concern. I want you to also know that every state in the United States has a different screening process for the newborns. In Florida, we look at a various number of metabolic conditions. We review critical congenital heart disease before the patient is discharged after the delivery, and as well as hearing abnormalities. We'll take a look at Florida's website, and I'll give you some, some details of what to look for when you're doing a newborn screening. First, let's start off with the coagulation pathway. This should be a review from your anatomy and physiology class. There are two different pathways. There's your intrinsic pathway and your extrinsic pathway. And it's important to note that factor 10 is where the two of these pathways intersect. Now, when we're looking at diagnostics, some of the tests that we run will actually address one of these factors or a series of these factors to allow us to make an assessment of the patient's coagulation status. Medications that we provide for anticoagulation also affect some of these factors at various points or they directly impact factor 10. So I want you to be aware of the medications that, you're, that patients are on as well as the studies that you want to provide to evaluate their coagulation status. Here on this slide, these are the common studies that we will look at to address coagulopathies or anticoagulation therapies in the pediatric population. There are a few studies here that I did not include and that's your platelet count which we will look at on our CBC. Some of, you, some of you who work in cardiac units or in units where they're addressing various different medications may look at a TEG, which is also known as a thromboelastograph. And this tells you the value or the, the strength of a clot and how long that clot is going to be there in duration. And that allows you to really kind of fine tune your anticoagulation therapy. Often this is only seen or used in um, ICUs. The cardiac ICU is one place that I would um, see this probably the most often. Another lab that I did not include on here also is your fibrinogen. Again, that is more of an acute care type of environment where you'll run that study. You probably won't run that study in the primary care setting. However, there are some patients that may go home on anticoagulation therapy such as Coumadin or Warfarin or Lovenox um, due to the fact that they might have had a clot or they're at risk for clotting. And we will look at the PT PTT, INR, as well as an unfractionated heparin or a low molecular weight heparin. I put this, I, I pulled this particular graphic from one of the articles which is in your required reading for this week, and it gives you a good breakdown of the various tests that I just talked about, and it allows you to understand the range, the normal range that they should be in, what components or what areas on that coagulation pathway, what factors are being tested and which medications that you would also want to use that test for if you were um, evaluating a patient. So for example, if your patient is on Coumadin, a PT-INR would be the best test to evaluate um, that medication. 
and it's one that we follow very closely. Uh, conversely, if you had a patient that's on heparin therapy, uh, a PTT might be something that you want to look at more closely. Um, nowadays, we tend to look more at our anti-10As um, or anti-10ASAs, which is your unfractionated heparin or your low molecular weight heparin. And this allows us to fine tune how we are evaluating a patient that is on Lovenox. Now, if we are evaluating a patient for anticoagulation, we have to be prepared to stop or reverse the anticoagulation if it reaches dangerous, dangerously high levels. Um, so here are a list of some of the medications that you will use to reverse anticoagulation. Um, if your patient is on Coumadin or Warfarin, vitamin K is the treatment of choice. Now, vitamin K does take a little bit of time to work. So if your levels are dangerously high, um, for example, I once had a patient that was actively bleeding with, a, with, a, with an INR of 8.6. Um, we ended up giving that patient fresh frozen plasma. And the nice thing about fresh frozen plasma is that it has a lot of your um, clotting factors already in it, but it predominantly has the next thing that's on this list is known as prothrombin complex concentrates, and that will allow you to rapidly um, reverse um, that medication. Now, the nice thing about fresh frozen plasma is that it's inexpensive and you can easily acquire it at a hospital. The downside is if you're in a clinic, you have to send the patient to the hospital um, for them to get that, um, that therapy. Now, there are some synthetic um, prothrombin complex concentrates. However, they are very expensive. So you may want to, um, if you have someone that's in a situation where they need to be reversed quickly, the best thing if you're in a clinic is to send them to the hospital, have them to be admitted either in the emergency room or in an ICU or you know, anywhere that they can get um, an FFP transfusion. Um, <clears throat> so you want to make sure you're, you're, you're aware of how to reverse those, um, those drugs. If you have a patient that's on a heparin therapy, whether it be Lovenox or whether usually in the outpatient setting, it'll be Lovenox. If you're in the hospital and they're on heparin, uh, protamine sulfate is the uh, reversal drug for that as well. All of these um, therapies, all of these labs, um, as well as evaluation are highly discussed um, in the required reading that I've provided you um, for this week. So please review all the articles and take notes um, as some of that information will um, be testable for you coming up. Now we're going to move on quickly to the metabolic conditions and newborn screening. Um, this graphic is a page taken directly from the Florida Newborn Screening website. Um, it provides information for both parents and healthcare providers. It allows, us, um, it allows you as a healthcare provider to see the three different things that we're actually testing for in the newborn screening process. Um, one of the first things you'll we'll do within the first 24 to 48 hours of life is to do a blood screening. And then here we'll do a heel stick. We'll take a couple of dots of blood and put it on a card. It's sent to a state laboratory. And then at the state laboratory, they will um, evaluate for various different metabolic conditions. Also, within that first 24 hours of life, we'll do a pulse ox screening, which will test for critical congenital heart disease. And I'll talk about that a little bit in detail um, in just a moment. And then the last thing the child will get before they go home is a hearing screening. Um, and this screening, you know, if they pass, then that's great. They don't need a referral. If they don't pass, it doesn't mean that the child is deaf or has a hearing abnormality. It just means that they need additional screening um, at some point. Um, and usually they'll be sent with a referral to either go to an audiologist where they'll, they'll come in, they'll do the hearing screening and let, you, let the parents know that the screening was, 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 was effective and the child is fine. 
or if they need an additional referral, they'll attend to the child at that point. So let's talk a little bit about the metabolic conditions. Um, we test in, here in Florida for approximately 54 conditions that are recommended testing. 35 of those are core conditions. There are 22 total secondary conditions, but two of them, um, actually three of them, are, are, are more than likely not required unless there is a concern um, by the provider and they can request those additional studies. Um, this is the list of all the various different tests that we do. I, I provided this PDF document in your required reading, so if it's a little hard to read on your screen, um, just pull up the actual PDF document and it'll show you all the various tests that are being done. Um, when you do the newborn screen, you don't have to check off all of these tests. All you have to do is submit um, the, the blood card um, to the state laboratory. Usually this is done in the newborn nursery or in the NICU, um, and then the results come back to the provider. Now there's also a website in which you can go to to get these results. Um, you do have to register within the state. It's a very easy process. Um, and then you'll be giving a, a username and passcode, and you can put in the, either the mother's name, um, the, the child's name, if you have that information, or the mother's medical record number. And you have to know what hospital they were born at and, and those things. But you can pull those up. So if you're working in the primary care setting and you don't have the results, you can go to the state, um, state website, get registered for it, and be able to pull those up on your patient. Now, when we look at critical congenital heart disease, um, in the United States, uh, about 1% of all live births um, have a congenital heart defect. Now, to put that in a little bit of perspective, if we look at the um, Miami-Dade County, Miami-Dade County has about 220 live births each year. If we had 1% of them, that's about 2,200 um, babies within just Miami-Dade County are born with some form of a cardiac defect. Now, not all of those are going to be critical, and not all of them are going to require surgery. However, we do want to provide a screening process for these patients. So what we'll do is we'll actually do a test. Um, basically, it's a simple pulse ox test for the baby. They'll do it within the first 24 hours of life. Um, they do a preductal and postductal. That means they'll do a sat in the right hand, and they'll also take a saturation uh, recording in the foot. Um, and that, that'll let us know if they have like a coarctation or some other defect that involves the upper and lower um, systemic pressures or saturations, we can identify that pretty early on. So anyone that has a saturation greater than 95%, they pass the exam, they're good. If their saturations in either the hand or the foot are below 95%, they have to be rescreened within one hour. And that's just to eliminate any issues, like if the child was crying and they had a little bit of acrocyanosis or central cyanosis, um, we can go ahead and retest them to make sure that there isn't an issue. But if they fail it a second time, um, if, they, if they fail it the first time significantly, like if it's really below 95%, say it's in the 80s or below 90%, you go straight to immediate referral to a cardiologist. If it's 95% the first time in either the upper or the lower, then you'll retest in an hour. If it's above 95%, they passed. If it's below 95% a second time, then we will go ahead and refer them also. Um, and this, the implementation of this screening tool, as simple as it is, has drastically improved identifying congenital heart disease in, in our newborn population, as well as prevented some of these kids from going home and coming back um, when the condition is, is too grave for us to do any type of intervention. I also pulled this graphic from um, your one of your required readings. Um, and this, again, shows you what a true fail of the test is. 
where you need to retest, and where the passing process is. So please review this and make sure you have a good understanding of what that congenital heart test is um, in the newborn screening. Lastly, we'll talk about the neonatal hearing um, test. This is a very simple test. Again, there's a, an apparatus that's applied to the child um, on this machine. They actually do a screening test. And if they pass, great. They don't need a referral. If they fail, it doesn't mean that the child is deaf. And we need to make sure that the parents thoroughly understand that. It just means that the test couldn't be performed in the environment that they were in, or the child wasn't really ready for the test to be performed. And what they'll do is they'll do a referral to an audiology or an audiologist, and they will actually allow them to go ahead and do another screening. And then they'll let the parents know at that time um, what the next course of action is. If there's nothing to do, the child's fine, or if they need additional referrals, they can go from there. And this also allows us to identify hearing issues in children very early on. And the last thing I want to leave you with this week is to, you know, to give you some various websites you can look at here in Florida. The FloridaNewbornScreening.com um, gives you all the information that I just went over. Um, and if you want to get registered for the newborn screening results or you want to have that opportunity to pull those results up for your practice, um, I've also included that, um, that website here as well. Now this week, um, we didn't, I didn't go into too great a detail of all of the little things about both coagulation and the newborn screening. I do want you to do um, the required reading here. Um, and this um, newborn screening will then lead us into next week's discussion as well on care for the newborn, newborn assessment, and uh, breastfeeding. So if you have any questions or concerns, please do not hesitate to reach out. All right, thank you.